0: makes it through this life without scars some of those scars are visible others are invisible but all of them tell a story some of the stories are funny many of them are painful the bible tells us that jesus has scars too from where the nails were driven into his wrists and feet, and from where the crown of thorns was driven into his brow, and from where the whips were laid across his back. As the prophet Isaiah said, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. It was our weaknesses that he carried It was our sorrows that weighed him down. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. Jesus' scars tell, is one of victory over sin, hell, and the grave. You see, the grave couldn't hold him, death couldn't keep him, and hell couldn't stop him. He rose from the dead, and now, by his stripes, we are healed.
1: That was done by our very own Ryan Jackson. He's one of the teachers at Maranatha Christian School, one of our Bible teachers. He also happens to be a very good artist. So would you give him a nice uh, hand? with how beautiful. Ah, praise, praise the Lord. So I love this. I mean, so you know, in the beginning in the Bible, it says in the evening and in the morning was the first day. So really the day begins this evening. You get the, you're going to get a prize for all of eternity. You were the first ones to the tomb. And I want to say he has been risen for over 2,000 years. Can I hear an amen and hallelujah? So, hey, let's uh, welcome, you know, tonight we have people, obviously, we want to welcome everybody that is watching online, not only here locally, but also those who are watching across the country. We have Missionary families and military that all are all over the place, and they're joining with us. We also have KSDW, uh, which goes all the way from Temecula, Marietta, all the way to San Diego. So let's clap and welcome all of them. Great to have you guys with us this evening. And so, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. So if you're visiting tonight, uh, let me just give you a little heads up. That Mark 16 follows Mark 15. That'll help you find where. <laughs> Mark 16, and we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 11. But Let's bow our heads and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we welcome the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, just to be in your house and to worship you and to love you and to remember you and to thank you and to tell the story again. Uh, Lord, because you have risen and you have revealed yourself from heaven. And Lord, we thank you that this whole weekend, not only here at Maranatha Chapel, but Lord, in churches and villages and tents and huts and small towns around the world, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that for God so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe and trust in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, Lord, we pray that good news, we can rejoice in it as your children. We pray that those who need good news will hear the good news and receive it and receive the gift of eternal life. And it's in Jesus' mighty, wonderful name we pray and ask all of these things. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, by his stripes, we are healed. That is kind of our theme that Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago in your place and in mine. And the Bible says that by his stripes, we are made whole. We are saved because God did love us so much. He sent Jesus from heaven to the earth to come into the story. And I love this because God is a great storyteller. And he is the ultimate storyteller. And he has written this incredible story of humanity. And then, because he's the author, God wrote himself into the story. He stepped into the story through the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he not only came to die on the cross to pay for our sins, to redeem us, to save us out of bondage, out of sin, out of darkness. Because when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, we were in paradise, we're on top of the mountain, we walked with God in the cool of the evening every day, and then sin came, and that's when disease came, that's when decay came, that's when death came, that's when the devil kind of was taking us in a different direction, out into the howling wilderness. So, Jesus set us free, Jesus redeemed us by paying our debt. But he then also rose from the dead. The cross is important, but without the resurrection, it means nothing because a dead Savior cannot save anyone. Amen? So he is alive and he is risen. Uh, I heard the story of a Sunday school teacher. She had a bunch of third graders, and it was around Easter time, she's telling them the story that Jesus has risen and you know that He He died for our sins, and on the third day. He came out of the tomb, the angel rolled the stone away, and when Jesus came out, she said, and what do you think his first words were? And the little girl raised her hand, she said, I know, I know, I know, and she goes, Guess what? She said, ta-da. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know ta doesn't even need to be translated from Hebrew into English, you know? It kinda says it all. Now look, I don't know where you are tonight spiritually, Uh, And I do know how many of you tonight this Easter you're doing great. Everything's going wonderful. It's a great evening It's a great day. God is good. He's on the throne and I know many of you have heard this story many times And praise God and we rejoice, you know that we can be together and worship together in the house of the Lord and Remember and rehearse the story that he has risen from the dead But I also know that there are some of you who are sad uh, not, not because it's Easter weekend, but because, you know, Easter is kind of a time marker. And every year you kind of, you know, it reminds you, well, what was going on a year ago at Easter? And there are no doubt some of you here tonight and there will be all the services this weekend. Somebody that you know and someone that you love has passed away. They're not here this Easter. And so it kind of changes the whole dynamic of this season of the year. And I want you to know that God has something very special for you. God's heart is very tender toward those who are mourning, toward those who have lost, to those who are in pain. He's very, very compassionate, very sympathetic. In fact, that's why he didn't just hover above and just kind of wave his hand and say, well, I love him and I'll forgive you and then let's just go on. He literally, the reason that Jesus came and became a human being, not only you know to do miracles, to reveal the Father to us and show us the glory of his identity, but he also literally, the, the main purpose was that he might enter into our suffering, that he could identify with us so that there is nothing. By the time he finished what we call Passion Week from last Sunday, Palm Sunday, and all through what happened, Good Friday, which we just remembered, had a beautiful communion service, and all the betrayal that Jesus went through after loving these disciples for three, three and a half years, and then the beatings the illegal trials i don't know if you knew that a jewish by jewish law you're not to have trials at night when it's dark because that's when lies can come in even they knew it but with jesus they were so determined against him they did the trials during the night and then he was flogged and then he was beaten and then the crown of thorns and the nails in his hands and and while they you know one on either side of him there was a little tiny place where his feet were, and but that they're pinned, his legs are pinned to the cross, his hands got spikes through him. So he had to, in order to breathe, I don't know if you knew this, but death uh, on a cross is by very, very slow, it's the most painful way to die. Romans came up with it. You die by suffocation. To, so how do you breathe? Your whole body is hanging by nails and a spike. So you have to push with your feet, can you imagine that, with a spike through them, and pull with your hands, you can imagine that, and arch your back to get a breath, and by the time you do that, the pain is so excruciating, you just let it all out again, and then you have to redo the whole cycle over again. Jesus entered into the human story so that not one human being could point a finger up to heaven and say, you don't know what it's like down here. The Lord says, oh yes, I do. And as a matter of fact, however much you have suffered, Jesus and the human body went to the nth degree beyond anything we have ever known before. So I want you to know that you have a savior who loves you. He identifies with you. And if you've lost a loved one, That's why he came, not just to die, but then to rise from the dead and give us the hope for eternal life. I know there may be some of us here tonight that uh, you are not, you have not had a good year spiritually. Uh, It's been a year that's kind of knocked us off kilter uh, with this virus and the economic impact and it's affected our jobs and school and country and world and all the rest of it. And maybe you just have been kind of flailing spiritually through the year. Uh, and you, you know, talk a good talk and, and outwardly you've made the appearance has been there. But the reality is you're broken on the inside. And your life is some kind of, you know, shambles or ruin and in trouble. And you may feel that God has let you down. I want you to know there's a special message for you. God does not want to leave you defeated or discouraged, not now, and especially not this weekend. He's going to resurrect your hope. He's going to touch your heart. He's going to heal your soul, and he's going to give you the joy that you once had. Amen? All right, so Mark chapter 16, verses... Okay, so look, if you, 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 I know it's Saturday night, but if you want to clap, let's go for it. Give it a little, you know, like, yes Lord. Amen. Okay. So first, I'm going to just go through a few points, but first let's read Mark 16, verses 1 through 11. It says, now when the Sabbath was passed. So Jesus, we believe, was put on the cross on Friday, 9 o'clock in the morning for six hours, meaning 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then he died. Uh, So the seventh hour, he'd already passed away and and had now gone into the presence of paradise. But Mary Magdalene, so after the Sabbath, they couldn't do anything on the Sabbath, so they had to wait to the first day of the week, which is Sunday morning. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Notice they're not coming to see if he has risen from the dead, though he told them that many times plainly directly there was no parables about it for at least six months the last six months of his ministry but nobody believed that he would be risen on the third day so they were going but they loved him and they were getting bringing spices to basically you know go to the burial place roll away the stone and grieve very early in the morning on the first day of the week which in the Jewish calendar is Sunday They came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. Now look up here for a second. That stone would have been just about as tall as me, just about as wide as my arm stretched out, and weighing several tons that went down a little, channel, they would roll it down a little stone channel by gravity to the mouth of the cave, very, very heavy. No way that a group of women are going to be able to roll it away, for it was very large. So verse 5, And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. (laughs) A young, handsome man is sitting in the tomb, stones rolled away, and he said to them, do not be alarmed. Well, they were alarmed. Where's Jesus? He's gone. He's missing. The tomb is empty. So the young man says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen! Exclamation point. That young man was an angel in the tomb who gave those women, they were the first ones to hear, he is not here. He was crucified. He's alive. He is risen And he is not here. See the place where they laid him. He was here. He did die. He was buried. But early this morning on the third day, just like he said, he rose from the dead. But go tell his disciples and Peter. We're going to come back to that in a few moments. Why they single out Peter. But that he was going before them into Galilee. And there you will see him as he said to you. So... They went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept, and whom? And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. And after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. So here is this beautiful story. They go to searching for Jesus. He is not here. He is alive. He is risen. He has arisen from the dead. And so what I want to start with is this. This Easter is for those who, especially this year have been devastated by death now my personal experience uh, is that when I was a young boy you know I had my grandparents on both sides and on my dad's side grandpa Bentley uh, you know came from Oklahoma and then he came to the Imperial Valley he was a farmer And I just loved him, and I just admired him. He was a very, very hard worker. He got saved at the end of his life, and um, he passed away. Because he was out in the fields all the time, you know, those chemicals, they would spray all those chemicals, and back in those days, they didn't really do anything to protect themselves, so he got cancer from all the stuff he would spray on the fields, And I I remember that he was sick, and he came to San Diego to, you know, we were going to the hospital, and then he died. I'll never forget going to the little Nazarene church out there in Imperial Valley and the memorial service, and, you know, hearing my dad cry for the first time because it was his dad, it was my grandpa whom I loved. And I didn't, you know, when you're a little guy, you don't even think about death. You don't even know what death is until the first one comes. And I'll never forget when Grandpa Bentley died and how that affected me. Um, and then some years later, you know, I have two brothers, they're twins. Uh, my mom had me, 10 months later, she had my two brothers. Can you imagine? So the, my, Glenn and Greg, and a few years ago, my brother Glenn was walking across the street late at night, it was dark, it was raining. And a poli- he looked both ways, but then he went out into the street in the rain and a police car was chasing somebody and did not see him and struck him and killed him. And I'll never forget getting that call around midnight, Ray, from a friend, your brother Glenn just got hit by a police car and he is dead. I'll never forget that. Just a few years ago, my mom passed away. Uh, and you know, now she has gone into heaven. Um, and if, you know, when Vicky and I first got married, I have my daughter Annie, my son Daniel, but we also went through a, a little baby boy that was born prematurely, and his lung everything was perfect, you know, 10 toes and 10 fingers, and tiny, premature but his lungs were not developed enough. They said, there's nothing we can do, and they walked up and handed him into our arms to die in our arms. So I have experienced the pain of loss and of death. And I know that there are many, you know, here, those who are watching, and you know, when you get, go through something like that, it hits you, and, and it can literally take a knockout punch on you. And then there's the questions, because I have the people here during this last year that have called the church office. And, you know, a young couple that are just ready to get married, and then one of them dies in an accident, and, you know, they're grieving and they're just saying, Why? And so young, and their whole lives ahead of them. And the honest, you know, when, when they're asking these questions, um, what, what can you say? Uh, I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know why I went through the losses I did when they happened and how they happened. I don't have those answers and I don't think any of us will know why sometimes loved ones have been taken to heaven the way that they have. We won't know until we get to heaven. But I will tell you this, the reality that Jesus in heaven was sent to the earth to suffer alongside of us and to die so that he could rise from the dead and give every one of us the hope that there is life after death, we can go to heaven means the world to me. Can I hear an amen on that? These disciples had been devastated by the death of Jesus. They didn't really expect it. He had been telling them plainly Um, that I'm gonna be betrayed, I'm gonna be arrested, and then I'm gonna be crucified and buried, and I'm gonna rise from the dead. But they didn't catch it, they didn't believe it, that somehow it just went over their heads, they thought it was another parable or story, and it was shocking to them. But here's one of the problems with uh, poor, these disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The problem for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John when Jesus was crucified is, They did not have the books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to read. (laughs) To know how the story is going to end and how it's all going to turn around. In their minds, as they made their way to that final Passover and Palm Sunday, now tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In their mind, Jesus was ready to set up his kingdom, drive the Romans out. And that they would sit with Christ on his right hand, left hand, and rule and reign. Instead, he is betrayed, arrested, flogged, and nailed to the cross. And they thought they would never see him again. And their dream was over. If only they could have remembered just the week before when Lazarus, literally the week before the whole drama of of Passover and and Jesus being put up on the cross and rising on the third day. The week before, there was a member of their uh, beloved discipleship, his name was Lazarus. He lived with his two sisters, Mary and Martha, on the Mount of Olives in a little tiny village there. And he had died. And Jesus came one week earlier than all of this. And Martha's crying, oh Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not have died. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He said, stand aside. He goes to Lazarus' tomb. And he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. (laughs) And Lazarus, who is, you know, in there in the mummified like the Jewish people do, he came. He comes walking out, blowing everybody's mind. Listen. When Jesus says your name and he calls you to come forth, you're coming forth no matter what's going on. Amen. And some of the commentators have said it's very good that Jesus said specifically Lazarus. Because if he just said all dead rise, everybody would have popped out of their graves and gone up to heaven before. But that wasn't the plan. So he said, Lazarus, come forth. But a little detail they would have remembered that it happened just the week before. Here comes Jesus. He'd heard that Lazarus was sick. Then he waited two more days until it was four days. So for sure, Lazarus is dead. He's not going to be resuscitated. And when Jesus first got there, knowing he's going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead, a week before his own resurrection, what did Jesus do? It's, It's the shortest verse in the Bible. It's only two words. You know what it said. Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? I'm going to raise him from the dead. But he saw Martha. He saw Mary. He saw their broken heart. He saw the devastation to the family, to the little community of Bethphage up on that mountain. Everybody brokenhearted. And I believe that Jesus entered into the grief and the sorrow of humanity of what happens when our beloved family members die. Therefore Jesus wept and I want to just say that we give permission to all those who suffer even though you're a believer Yes, we know that we're going to heaven, but there is permission to cry. There's permission to grieve. There's Jesus entered into it. It's a so you go ahead and cry you go ahead and let those tears out Because Jesus let his tears out even though he had the hope that he would raise Lazarus from the dead so This is amazing. The disciples now hear a message through their sisters that say, we saw a young man, there's an angel in the tomb, the stone was rolled away, Jesus is not there, and the angel said, he is not here, he is risen as he said, now go back to Galilee, which is in north Israel, by the Sea of Galilee, he'll meet you there. And that word changed a disheartened, frightened group of men. You know, guys that were, they were not professional religious guys. They were not priests. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were just a, you know, group of guys, average guys, who were turned into bold preachers of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and brought the gospel around the world. Now, there are some people that will say, you know what? The disciples just made all that up. It didn't really happen. I'm like, really? Do you know the story of these men? Because, you know, that's an accusation that some people, oh, they made it up and they just wanted to create a new religion and make people feel good about the suffering and sorrow of death. Well, guess what? What? Every single one of these fishermen, tax collectors, normal working class guys went on the rest of their lives. I mean, their lives were changed. They didn't believe, and then something happened where they did believe, and they went literally around the world sharing that Jesus Christ was alive, that they had seen him, and all of the disciples except for John, the apostle who was taken to the island of Patmos, all of them died as martyrs. Not one of them ever recanted and said, well, we just kind of made that story up to help people and make people feel better about what it was. No, they went to their death. In fact, Peter, I don't know if you know this, was himself crucified, just like Jesus and when they came to him to say, look, either you deny this nonsense, or we're going to do to you what we did to your master. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, I saw Jesus. He is alive. And by the way, do not crucify me right side up. I'm not worthy. You turn my cross upside down, which history records they did. Peter was crucified, and he's the very guy, the weakest guy that had denied the Lord upside down. It changed their lives, and the resurrection impacted them all. Now, all, also, for Easter, all who believe are going to receive, now this is very good news, a new body. How many are excited about getting a new body? How many, wait a minute, how many are okay letting this one go? It's been said that this is like the tent, but we're gonna move into our new house. <laughs> and it's gonna be a beautiful body. First John chapter three, Verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. Hey, would you like to read this with me? Let's read it out loud. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The resurrection of Jesus was the death of death. He conquered death he rose from the dead. And then later he said to Thomas, one of them, he said, hey, come look at my hands. You want to put your finger in my hand? You want to put your hand in my side? Be not faithless, but be believing. We're going to have a body apparently glorified, kind of like Jesus. Now, there's several things that I love about that. After Jesus rose from the dead, what, what do we know about his body? Number one, He still ate food, glory, glory, hallelujah. We still get to eat, but because we're gonna live forever, we don't eat in order to live, but we eat just because we like to eat and enjoy it. And there's no calories in heaven, hallelujah. And apparently Jesus was able they'd be inside. They were afraid they're going to come and get the guys. And so they were inside of a house hiding and locked doors. And Jesus suddenly appears, meaning his body could walk through a wall. So our body's going to be able to do that. And then when Jesus ascended to heaven, apparently he could fly. He just, he just went up like that. How many of you have okay with that? Let's just buzz around. See what's out there in the kingdom that God has made. There will be a new Body given to all of those who trust in Jesus Christ. Just like his resurrected body, a glorified body. And Easter is also for the person who has failed spiritually. Again, look at that verses 6 and 7. It says, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter, that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. Tell the disciples, why didn't he say, tell the disciples and James? Tell the disciples and John. But the angel said, tell the disciples and Peter. Why Peter? Because the last time Peter had seen Jesus, you know, Jesus said, you're all gonna forsake me and you're all gonna run away. Peter said, I'm not. This is kind of funny to me. He goes, yeah, those guys, they probably would, but not me. Lord, I will die for you. And Jesus looks at Peter and he goes, really? He goes, as a matter of fact, not only will you not do that, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And that's exactly what happened. All of a sudden, Jesus gets taken, he's interrogated, he's tied up and And Peter's by the fire and there's this girl and she goes, you, you're one of his followers. He said, I am not. Hmm. A little bit later, they go, no, your accent, you're from Galilee. You're one of his disciples. He said again, I am not. Finally, a third time they said, no, you're giving it away. We can tell you're one of Jesus followers. And it says he swore. Now, that doesn't mean that Peter used cuss words. What it means, or swore like a sailor, even though actually he was kind of a sailor because he was a fisherman, but what it means is Peter said, I swear to God, I don't know this man, Jesus Christ. And at that very moment, Jesus, after having been interrogated, comes out and right as Peter did it the third time, the rooster crows and Jesus' eyes meets Peter. Whoa! Whoa! How would you feel if you had failed that badly? It's like, I'm done. (laughs) My life is over. Maybe my eternity is over. And then you hear that Jesus is alive. He is risen. Some young angel guy said, when the stone was rolled away, go tell the disciples and Peter. I love that. Because in that, what Jesus was saying is, you know, by the way, do you think Jesus was surprised by Peter's failure? No, he actually predicted it. He told him, this is what you are gonna do. This is what's in your heart right now. But know this, Peter, I'm not gonna give up on you. In fact, I'm gonna, after you know that I'm alive, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You're going to be one of the leaders of my early movement of the church, bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. How many love a God that can forgive like that? Amen. So you may feel like you are a failure. You may feel you have blown it. So let me say it to you as simply and directly as I can. We serve a God who gives second chances. Amen. You can have another chance. But Easter is also for the person who feels that God has let them down. Uh, and, you know, look, I mentioned the death of a loved one. You may have, you may feel like, you know, God, you could have, you know, kept them, or they should still be here, or maybe some other tragedy, something else has happened in life. And life has not been going the way you thought it would if you believed in God. And so you've kind of drifted away. You've left him alone. You've kind of stepped back from your early faith. Maybe you hoped at this point in your life you would finally be married and you're not married yet. I have a word of encouragement to you. Relax, you're only 18, you've got time. (laughs) But, or maybe you've gone through a marriage that has fallen apart, a marriage that has failed. You wanted success, and now it's been so hard, and everything has been taken away. I want you to know this, that God will, he will not disappoint you. He will take you back. He will wrap his arms around you. He will embrace you and give you more love, more joy, more hope, more peace, and restore you and get you back on the path of his everlasting love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, look with me in verses 12 and 13. Easter is for those who are going in the wrong direction. Verse 12, it says, And that after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. There were two on the road to Emmaus, and they had been in Jerusalem. They had seen, been at the crucifixion. Jesus is crucified. So they lost hope. They left the disciples. In Jerusalem, they left everybody, and they're walking to their home in Emmaus, and a stranger comes up alongside of them, and he goes, hey, guys, why? you guys seem really depressed, really bummed out, if I can paraphrase. He goes, what's the matter? And they both look at him, and they say, hello, you're Jewish, right? You've been in Jerusalem for Passover, Jesus of Nazareth, for the last three years. The guy's been doing miracles, and the following is built and built and built, and we thought he was the one, and then he was just crucified. And he's dead, and he's buried. And they did not realize that this stranger who had come up to them was Jesus, incognito, who says, well, that's very interesting. He says, so you thought he was the Messiah? Yes, we did. And then he begins to explain to them, well, what you've described is exactly what the prophet said would happen. The Messiah would come, he would be betrayed, he would be rejected, he would be like a lamb that would be sacrificed, and on the third day, he would come back. It's so funny. These guys were talking to Jesus about Jesus, and he's listening to them. But they did not know that it was Jesus. So finally, they get to a bend in and he goes, well, see you later. And they're like, no, 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 no. You have really opened our eyes. We wanna invite you to come to our house. So he said, oh, okay. So he goes with them to their house. And then they said, they're talking, asking questions. And they said, will you stay with us for a meal? And he said, yes. And then all of a sudden it says, Jesus broke bread And then their eyes were open. Some commentators say that he kind of had, you know, like that hood thing and the robe thing going. And then he broke the bread. And as he handed it to them, they saw his hands. And in in a moment, their eyes were open. (gasps) And as soon as they recognized him, he disappeared from their sight. And do you know what they said? They talked to each other, it's Jesus. We were talking to Jesus. No wonder he knew the Bible so well. No wonder he knew us so well. And then what they said is, as he opened to us the understanding of the scriptures that it was all part of God's plan and that it was the third day and he is alive and risen and we saw that it was him who had been crucified, who is now alive from the dead. My, did not our hearts burn within us? So here's what I want to say. If you have felt like you've drifted or you've lost the love, the the passion, the fire, life has run over you in a different way, one way or another, I want you to know this Easter, the Lord Jesus is right here, right now, alive and ready to rekindle a burning fire of love and passion and peace and joy and His Spirit upon you again. Amen? Amen. Last but not least, Easter is for doubters. Have you struggled with doubt when it comes to your faith? And I want to just say um, that in everybody's lives, at one point or another, because we're in a fallen, broken world, I don't know why, but there are some people who think somehow to have doubts is somehow the unforgivable sin, and that a Christian you know basically cannot have doubts of any kind at any time and i want to just say that that is not true isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says come now this is god speaking to the people of israel let us reason together says the lord though your sins are like scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they are red like crimson they shall be as wool what i want to define to you in the hebrew language Isaiah 118 the very first phrase God is reaching out to a people that have kind of wandered away from him They too have had questions and doubts And what he literally is saying in the Hebrew is come now. Let's argue it out You ask me whatever question you want you challenge me that I'm not fair I didn't do this or that anything that you want you come but you come talk to me I will give you an answer And I will deliver to you exactly what you need. And by the end of our arguing it out, I will wipe away all of your sins, all of your fears, all of your confusion. So I want to say this Easter to all of you listening tonight, it's okay to have questions. It is okay to doubt everyone. Pastors struggle with doubt every now and again. Someone well said, doubt is not always a sign that a man is wrong. It may be a sign that man is actually thinking. Sometimes skepticism is the first step towards the truth. But I want to define the difference between skepticism and outright unbelief. Skepticism says, I cannot believe Unbelief says, I will not believe no matter what you share with me. Skepticism is honesty. Unbelief is stubbornness. Skepticism is looking for the light. And unbelief is contentment with the darkness. Thomas finally said, you've all been saying this. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard it. I won't believe till I put my finger in his hand, my hand into his side. Jesus, with that new body, walks in through the wall, and then he says, immediately singles out, hey, Thomas, come right here. Put your finger in my hand. Put your hand in my side. The scars were there healed in the new glorious resurrection body. He said, but believe and stop not believing. Thomas did not come drive his finger into his hand. He didn't need to. He didn't put his hand into his side. He saw it. He dropped to his knees and said, oh, my Lord and my God. God has that answer for each and every one of us. So where are you spiritually tonight? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're mourning the loss of a loved one. As I said, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Maybe you feel like a failure. God gives second chances. Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal you. And for those who feel that God has failed you, I want you to know he has not failed you. He still has a plan. He wants to be part of your life. But like the two on the road to Emmaus, you've got to invite him to your home. He wants to walk with you on the road to life. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them. The bottom line is this. I'm going to give you an invitation, an opportunity. Jesus wants to come into your heart where he wants to return to the place of being Lord of your life. So with their heads bowed and eyes closed, would you say tonight, yes, Pastor Ray, because I want to pray for you. And when we pray together, do you want to know that when you die, you'll go to heaven? Do you want to know that your sins have all been forgiven? Do you need to be restored? Do you want to know that you'll spend eternity with him in a new and glorified body? Do you want to have the hope that whatever has fallen broken or the losses we've suffered here for those who know and believe and trust in him? There is a future and it's a family that will be together. The family of God forever and ever and ever. And if that's the desire of your heart, I want you to just put your hand up. You just put it up high, and then you can put it down. I want to pray for you, wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can put them down. Let me ask this. How many of you would say, Yes, Pastor Ray, I want you to pray, but uh, for me, I've known the Lord, I've walked with the Lord, but I don't know where I stand with the Lord now. And you need a fresh start. You're looking, actually, you've been crying out to the Lord saying, How, what do I do? Can I start over? Can I have another chance? And what I want to say to you tonight is, yes. We've just seen from the Bible, from the scriptures, and from one of the closest disciples to Jesus. So he told Peter, not only are you forgiven, but... I have a destiny yet for you. I'm not finished with you. I know you, I knew you, and everything that you've gone through, I can fix, I can heal, I I can make new. So how many of you would say tonight, yes, Pastor Ray, pray for me. I'd I'd like to start over. I'd like another chance. I need a fresh start to walk with the Lord in closeness to him. Would you put your hand up? And I'd like to pray for you. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for these who have raised their hands, and I pray that you give them strength and courage tonight uh, to stand to receive all that you have for them. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this weekend that gives to us life and gives to us the hope of eternity. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our weekend services held Saturday evening or Sunday morning. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.